Hello, welcome to the introduction for the How to Eat Alone podcast with me, Julia Georgialis. I'm a baker and I write about food. This is a podcast that looks at the art of eating alone and explores topics surrounding loneliness and aloneness, which are not the same thing. I'll be talking to people from all walks of life about their own experiences of solitude and solo dining. With every episode, I'll share a recipe which is designed to be cooked and eaten by one person and one person only because, let's face it, most recipes are written for two or more people. With the arrival of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've spent the last year talking a lot more about being on our own. After the introduction of vaccination programmes last winter, winter 2020, it seems as though there is a roadmap out of the isolation that this pandemic has caused, at least it does in the UK anyway. So I suppose it might seem like this podcast has come at a funny time. You know, we're beginning to see the potential end of this pandemic, or so we hope. So why launch a podcast about being alone when we're all hopefully about to be reunited again? You know, why now? I should have done this months ago. Loneliness wasn't something that COVID created. And once COVID is long gone, people are still going to be on their own happily or unhappily. And this isn't something that we forget about and continue as a society to brush under the carpet. Eating by ourselves, pandemic or not, is a massive challenge and lots of people are almost afraid of it, especially when it comes to eating alone in public. But here's the thing, feeding yourself is the ultimate act of self-care as well as an act of survival and we all have to do it. It's not just when you're not in a romantic relationship or you don't have a family to eat with that you might find yourself eating alone. Perhaps you eat alone often at work or you find yourself studying or working in another country. There's a lot of reasons why we might be eating alone, but the act of solo eating hasn't been given the attention and the celebration that it deserves. I'm really well qualified to talk about this topic, to talk about being alone, because I am what I refer to as a professional single person. I'm in my early 30s, I don't have children yet, I don't have a partner yet, I've nearly always worked alone, I'm about to move into my own house, I've travelled the world on my own, I've moved countries alone, I've even adopted a dog on my own. And this behaviour seems to really disappoint a lot of people in my life sometimes. When lockdowns began because of the pandemic in March 2020, I again found myself living alone, which I'm used to by now. But I was living in Portugal at the time and I hadn't quite mastered Portuguese yet and I wasn't totally integrated into the community. So I did feel isolated about Six weeks into that first lockdown, I was super fed up with takeaways and of making too much food for myself. So I started to work on recipes that were for just one person, that were just for me. And I shared them on social media. And it was amazing. All of a sudden, I just got this wave of messages from people who were also alone. Some of my friends made my recipes for themselves. Other people sent me recipe ideas. And it was a really beautiful part of my pandemic experience and I guess the premise of this podcast. 
I'll be discussing a whole host of topics that relate to loneliness, both positive and negative, but I want to start by telling you about this one experience that changed my whole perspective of what it meant to be alone. My singleness did used to really bother me and I was kind of on this constant quest to find love or to find the other part of myself, I suppose. A few years ago, I found myself on a long weekend in Paris. I went with a guy I was kind of dating. Like lots of the men I was dating in this period of my life, he was, I mean, he was awful. He was really unsuitable. And off we went. We went on this weekend away. Uh, It was a complete disaster. One of the most frustrating parts of this trip was that we didn't eat particularly well because he didn't care about food. I am the opposite. I spend most of my time and money on eating, especially when I'm on holiday. But there was this one place that he took me to and they served galette de sarasam. It was just brilliant. It was such a wonderful meal. So excuse my terrible French pronunciation. Galette de sarasam are square-shaped, crispy, delicious buckwheat pancakes and they're filled either with a sweet or a savoury filling. In my opinion, any kind of pancake is a great option if you're alone because it's fun and it feels celebratory and it's cheap and it's quick. So to make a galette de sarasam for one person, whisk one egg, 50 grams of buckwheat flour and 150 ml of oat milk. You can use any milk, I just personally prefer oat. Spoon the mixture into a well-oiled, really hot pan. And what's important here is that the pancake base is quite thin because if it's not thin enough, it won't fold over and you won't get that nice square shape. Fry for one to two minutes each side, then transfer to a baking dish or an oven-proof plate. Then you can fill the middle of the galette with a filling of your choice. So you can crack an egg in it or add mushrooms or cheese or spinach. I had a galette with walnuts, apple slices, honey and goat cheese, which was pretty glorious. Once your fillings are in the middle of the galette, what you want to do is fold the edges into the centre to make a square-shaped pancake. You'll still see a suggestion of the filling in the middle, just kind of peeking out from the centre of the pancake. Pop the oven dish in an oven set to around 200 degrees C for about 10 minutes. This galette meal wasn't just memorable because I like pancakes. I do have another really vivid memory from that lunch. Opposite where we were sitting was this French lady. She was sitting alone. I remember she had a glass of red wine. She wasn't reading a book. She wasn't on her phone. She wasn't chatting to the waiters. She was she was just eating and she looked really content. She was alone, but she was in much better company than I found myself at that moment in time. After that weekend, the image of her really encouraged me to reassess. I stopped dating just anyone, which is what I'd been doing up until that point. I think because I was afraid of ending up alone. Not dating just anyone meant that actually I really didn't date very much for a few years after that. But it also meant that I changed into the kind of person who really appreciates and cherishes her own company. It took a long time. It was a really long transformation and it it reached its completion, luckily, to coincide with the pandemic's arrival. But no matter how 
zen I am about being on my own, no matter how much I really enjoy it now, the fact remains that sometimes I still really struggle with ideas for what to cook myself, and I know a lot of other people struggle with this too. So like I said before every podcast episode, I'll publish the recipe that we'll be discussing on the How to Eat Alone Projects blog. So if you want to, you can cook along and eat while you listen to the podcast. It's kind of like I'm your dinner guest. The recipe for my solitary galette is up on my podcast Substack blog, which you can find at howtoeatalone.substack.com. You can also follow my podcast on Instagram. Just use the handle at howtoeatalonepodcast. And if you like this podcast, I'd be really grateful if you could spread the word. Thanks for listening to this introductory episode. I hope you enjoyed being alone with me and that you'll listen to the podcast as it grows. If you're going to have a crack at making that galette recipe, bon appétit.